Welcome to the Star Wars News Podcast. I'm Dan Badabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. It's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a stretch without a episode. It's had, been a, uh, yeah, we're back at school. I guess I guess you could say we ta- took a summer vacation, although we did not announce it on the podcast. So I apologize to our listeners who are wondering where the hell we were for a month and a half. Well, we did go to uh, the round table. That was with, a media nerds thing. That was not a Star yeah. Wars nerds. We actually Is there haven't a crossover. Done, we have not no. <laughs> we did none. not discuss that Star Wars. We have actually not posted a Star Wars nerds episode since mid June. So I apologize. It has been uh, a couple months. In some ways, though, I mean, because I've been listening to Star Wars podcasts as I always do. Uh, and there hasn't been a lot of news, so there's been a lot of sort of shooting the shit around the table. Isn't that what we without, do? Without, <laughs> that is what uh, a Star Wars podcast is. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like we're sort of in the we're in the little desert before Force Friday, and uh, it all gears up again. It's got to start gearing up soon. I mean, yeah, when yeah. is D twenty three? That's the question, right? So. Uh, I'm going to quickly look that up. Are you calling Bob Iger? Yeah, I'm going to call Bob Iger, get him on the phone, and say, what's the deal, man? Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Iger and the underperforming Galaxy's Edge uh, theme park at Disneyland. It's not doing as well as they thought it was going to do, apparently. Um, well, enough to the to the extent that he had to mention it at a shareholder conference call. Yes, right. And we'll, we'll put some audio of that in there. So, D23... Oh, uh, okay. Oh, 50th anniversary for Walt Disney World coming up this year. And the moon landing and Woodstock. <laughs> and uh, Charles Manson murders. So there you go. Oh, there's so much to So celebrate. many things happened in 1969. <laughs> it's just a, an amazing... I was born in 1967, by the way. And two years later, all hell broke loose. That's right. So I'm not saying that they're related. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like D23 is next weekend. Um, oh my god so that that's gonna be uh something so we'll have lots to talk about next week i'm assuming we'll get another trailer probably get a poster something for the rise of skywalker well at this point i mean we're pretty late in the game at this point uh i think there's probably some people on planet earth who do not know that the next star wars movie is due this december it's been so long since we got the initial teaser trailer and i i think that do you think they got a little gun shy when 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 it was clear that solo was too much too fast and people kind of pulled back from it do you think disney got a little gun shy and said okay we have to we can't just like inundate everyone with Star Wars all the time. We have to kind of space this out a bit more. Well, Bob Iger said as much at, uh, uh, where he basically said we gave him too much too soon kind of thing. And uh, that's probably true. And we've even had that conversation where it's like you're, you know, Marvel gives people their sugar craving all the time. Um, but that seems to be the one that people accept it from and less so from some of the other franchises. Yeah. We like didn't if, there, even, like- if there's two James Bond movies a year, that would, by definition, water down. There's not even one James Bond movie a year, right? right? If there it's were a couple years, if they got that idea, and I think that's probably, I mean, that's every franchise wants to have what Marvel has. I don't know that. They, I don't think they should try Harry to Harry Potter. Out. Harry Potter some, was once a year, yeah, um, but it's done now. It was eight movies yeah. in a, eight years in a row. And now it's done, um, and I think there's some sort well, we of got a, that Fantastic Beast. Well, and, yeah, but that's another story. The thing about Harry Potter was that it follows these kids from every year mm-hmm. through. Um, like essentially high school through middle and high school. And um, 
it, it makes sense to do one every year because those kids are aging, right? So you have to watch. You have to hurry up the production to make sure you're not getting these kids, these 25-year-old kids playing 15-year-olds. Right. Stuff like that. So well, they managed to do that pretty well, I think. And in the last one, I believe Daniel Radcliffe dies in a, as an 85-year-old man. That's right. <laughs> That's what happens, right? I haven't right. seen <laughs> I'm a little sketchy on the details. Um, okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna come back to a, start with a uh, favorite segment of ours this week in Star Wars clickbait. Oh, Jabba! What? How? What are you talking about? Huh? What? Goodness gracious me! And this one comes straight from the Twitter account of Mr. Pablo Hidalgo himself. This was a good one. Uh, it's funny. I, I, honestly, uh, Pablo has been, you know, he's got. I'm sure he's got a love hate relationship with Twitter. Like he is still on there. Um, he doesn't engage fans a lot. He doesn't talk about Star Wars a lot. He tends to talk about Transformers and other some of his other fandoms. But when he does talk about Star Wars, it's pretty funny. Um, so the clickbait headline is this from Epic Stream. Star Wars, Pablo Hidalgo, midichlorian explanation sheds light on Rey's origin. And then Pablo tweeted, counterpoint, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I don't, do, okay, what's the story here? So what was the actual explanation they're talking about? Well, who knows? But, okay. I mean, it's attached. The, the, headline, the headline implies that Pablo has fed them or at, said in a speech or at a convention some important information. Um, that, that, and it makes it sound like he said there, that, that that's what that does. And then he said, no. He has... <laughs> So has, I like it. I like straight from the horse's mouth. He uh, told me when he was here for FanQuest last year that he's set his tweets to automatically delete. So they, he does not, like, they do not you go can back. Do that? Yeah, apparently you can. So, and he has to use a third party app for it. But, um, but yeah, he goes, and so I don't know how long they stay up there for. Um, but it says on his, on his, uh, um, kind of his, bio part of his Twitter account, please consider the environment before printing out this account. Because <laughs> I don't know if people are printing his tweets to make sure that they, I guess they could take screenshots of them or whatever. But yeah, I think he just doesn't want people going back and looking at something he said like five years ago and, and putting that into the context of a movie coming out. Who has time for that garbage? Well, people do this all the time. I know, it's right? terrible. This is what uh, the internet is built on. People going way back in people's Twitter's yeah. accounts and finding things that are you know, controversial or, or taken out of context, not horrible. See, I did that once on my own account, and I was like, this is lame. Like I like when you read some of the early tweets or whatever. Oh, yeah, I've never done that. And you're just that. like, oh, yeah, it's, it's – if anything, like you, I don't look back and go, um, oh, I never should have said that. But I look back and I go, wow, Twitter was – New then it's like remember when Instagram launched and everybody went filter crazy yeah they went filter mad yeah. for like a period of a year yeah and so you go back and look at those early Instagrams and everybody's like heavy filter like I and I and mine is like some strange like I took if there's a music video on TV I'd like, I'd like take a shot of it and then I put a filter over it and I'd post it there <laughs> and stuff and so I have an arcade fire one awesome. and I have a clash one and I, and it's like what was I doing. And, and sometimes I look back at that and I'm like, that could be a good Instagram account, but just not mine. What I appreciate, I'll tell you this, I, what I appreciate about, what, about your Instagram account now, and I do kind of mimic this in some ways, not always, but when you see something in the in the natural world, a sign or some sort of a yeah. thing, and you th think a funny thought occurs to you, and then you, you take a photo and you put it out there. The one I remember from you was the food fair uh, one from a couple last month or the month yeah. before. What did it say? Um, we say, use Lilac Street entrance. Because it's in quotation. Yeah. It's in quotation marks. It's like, that's our motto. Use the other entrance. <laughs> yeah, I like and that. There, there are whole yeah. websites dedicated to the misuse yeah. of punctuation like that. So that would be a good one for them. But but it's also, I consider Instagram a good headline writing 
exercise, like just to be keep your mind in the zone. Yeah, you have a picture and you need a headline to go with it. And so I like it. I, I like I try to encourage advertising students to think that way as well. Like I guess journalism students could be do the same thing, like where you're just trying to match the words with the picture. And it's a good it's just good to have your brain thinking about that. I was at the Half Moon Drive-In uh, in Lockport uh, oh. this weekend. and it had uh, a, lovely, a Winnipeg institution. Yeah, for sure. Well, Manitoba institution. Manitoba, right. Um, and I had a cheeseburger and fries and the classic kind of uh, meal there. And they have a little mini arcade. Oh, um, yeah. They have some really good, actually, they have a great Kiss pinball machine. They've got a Iron Maiden pinball machine. Oh. And they've got a Star Wars Phantom Menace pinball machine. And I, so I took a photo of it and I said, the Phantom Pinball. Um, and it, it was, turns out the, the Phantom Menace pin, like it was not completely operational. It was dark. A lot of the lights were burnt out, I think, in it, so it was not working properly. <laughs> so I played one game and I lost and I just kind of left it at that. But it was neat to see like this these pinball machine. It had to have been released in 1999 when the movie came out. So it's a 20-year-old pinball machine sitting there. And uh, it was a weird shape and that kind of stuff, but it was kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I like I like that place and I also I like the... Uh Vintage arcade that's still. I love. I love anywhere where I can go play yeah. just regular arcade games without having to get tickets or anything like that. Where it's just a regular video game. There's I one love at the that. Forks now. Well, it was a and, pinball machine, yeah, yeah. specifically pinball machine. Well, and, f- and a few video. Oh, games. do they? Okay, it's kind of around the corner. Yeah, the, no, I know where it place, is. I just thought it was yeah. all pinball though. They got some video, although there's no, there's no sort of like cornerstone of video. Or like there's no Pac-Man, let's say. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like some of the lesser games that used to some of the side scrolling ones that came later. Yeah. So they're not from the dawn of video games. Well, that's but. more probably my era anyway. Pac-Man, yeah. I, I always saw Pac-Man as like an older game when I was a kid. Yeah. For me, it was the Street, Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's uh, right. were the games I played in the arcade. Or um, what's the, the second the, the wave. racing? Uh, Cruising World, Cruising USA was the racing game I used to play all yeah. the time and all that stuff. So yeah, anyway. great. Hey, one other thing about um, about uh, Pablo's account, first of all, is if you ever want a funny exercise, go in there. And just see what people tweet Pablo. And just the thing that I feel most sorry for Pablo about is the degree of misspellings of Star Wars things that he has to see oh, every drive single day. Nuts. And the ones I've been noticing lately are Anakin is always misspelled. Um, Millennium Falcon, of course, is an old classic. Wookiee has two E's on the end, but most people don't <laughs> think to spell it that way. So you get that going on, too. Um, and just, and even when Pablo agrees with someone, sometimes I'll like look at the person's tweet and it's just, it's a, it's considering that Pablo graduated from creative communication. And he wears that. Like he is a great ambassador for our program because he knows that C3PO is spelled with a, is it an O or a zero? I don't know which one. Anyway, he knows. Um, it's a zero. It's a zero. So not an O, like a lot of people say the letter O. Right, right. But he knows. He knows all of this stuff, and he lives that. Yeah. I, I think he used to do it more in his older job when he was on the website content uh, team mm-hmm. and writing p- press releases. He was in the PR part of the company. Now he doesn't have to worry about that, but he can't He can't get rid of that. He can't get rid of that instinct to want to correct people. Uh, when he came in here to talk, and now it's been a few times, so I can't remember which one it was, but I remember him saying that he notices every single time when somebody misspells Millennium Falcon. He notices it. It's not. He doesn't just... Let it wash over him. It irritates oh, him. Oh, I bet. I bet. It would ir- irritate <laughs> it, me as well. It irritates me to see it, yeah. to see it in his feed. So that's that's bad. And I, one other thing about clickbait this week that I want to point out, which I think we need to uh, we need to stop this before it, before it runs rampant, and that is people who consider speculation to be spoilers. Oh, yeah. You said that like, was happening yeah, on the Pablo thing. And, and, yeah, and they're calling them speculative spoilers. 
Ah, so, come so on, it's like, guys. I imagine Darth Vader will float into the frame and his costume will burst into flames and Hayden Christensen will come dancing out of the costume. It's no like, business, like yeah. show business. Speculative spoiler. It's like, no, that's just bullshit that I, dr- I dreamt up. You're guessing. You're right. full on guessing. So if somebody is guessing based on nothing, that's not a spoiler. And, and speculation can't reveal something. Have you noticed that too? Uh, headlines that say new Star Wars speculation reveals who Ray's parents are. Uh, speculation it does not reveal. It, it d- speculates who <laughs> Ray's parents are. That's right. The verb there is speculate. So let's just, can we just put a fine point on this and say speculation once and for all? It's not a spoiler unless the person was talking to somebody who worked on the film. Then it's a spoiler. What if the speculation turns out to be right? Like, what if you guess? As so what? Do you, okay, did that, has that it's happened? Still has that happened? Sure. Okay. I mean, we've guessed things that have turned out to be true, and we've guessed things that turn out to not be true. What have we guessed to turn out to be true? Um, I don't remember anything. <laughs> well, I know we're not batting zero. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, you I might know. be. You might be right about Ray's parentage coming up. You still, still oh, one there's an there. example. There's still one out there, but many people have made the same speculation that Ray's parents are well, that Leia is her mother. You believe Leia, or I you, believe it's Solo and Leia, but that. Um, uh, Leia never told anybody, including Solo. Oh, okay. There you go. And and, uh, and I do believe it could even be twins, but uh. they could be twins. Um, but you know that once again, that could be true, and it could just be complete utter nonsense that I thought up. Okay, so uh, speculation is not a spoiler, and it does, and it reveals nothing. It reveals the imagination of the person who's speculating, mm-hmm. and nothing else. Um, okay, so let's talk about the... Uh, now that we've said that, let's speculate. Let's speculate. Well, no, because we're actually going to talk about a real thing. The Galaxy's yeah. Edge theme park opened up uh, at the end of May, I believe, in, in uh, Disneyland. And the Disney World edition is going to be opening up, I believe, next month. Um, and I guess the attendance is not what they were hoping for. They're, the article I just read says that it really comes at it from the angle of they're cutting hours... For employees there so a full-time like 40 hour i think what so like a lot of workplaces they don't guarantee 40 hours they say between 30 and 40 hours to give them some flexibility in case attendance isn't high it's the same thing a restaurant would do so in this case they say the uh the crowds have not been as big at uh, galaxy's edge as they hoped they're expecting for example two-hour lineups at the um millennium falcon ride and then the lineups have been more like one hour so about half as much and therefore so employees are having their hours cut by maybe five to ten hours per week. And Bob Iger on the conference call. Oh, yeah. What was that? I'm going to see if I can find oh, that. Oh, you're going to find the audio? So, but you tell me what you have to say about it. Well, let's find the Let's let the man speak for himself if we can let him. But uh, he, he addressed it. It's enough of an issue that he addressed it with shareholders, though he minimized it in what he said. And we're certainly not implying that the park is going to close down or anything like that. But it's, a, it's interesting to talk about why the attendance might not be what they were expecting. Okay, so here's here's what we'll do. We have we can't find the actual audio. If I find it, I'll insert it. I can look for it later. But here's the uh, piece that we have. This is quoting the uh, the conference call that he was on. It was an earnings call to shareholders, and he says. Um, he said, this is Bob Iger explained why there were lower numbers at Star Wars Galaxy Edge than expected. He said a number of factors affected the attendance numbers. 
first of all, helped in part by some of our efforts, there was tremendous concern in the marketplace that there was going to be a huge crowding when we opened at Galaxy's Edge. No duh. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's some, right. Some people stayed away just because they expected that it would be, not be a great guest experience. Absolutely. If you don't want to go there when something first opens up, you're going to think that it's going to be too packed and not fun. And it was kind of at the beginning, right, for the first month or so. They did have that, but they managed it really well. Um, at the same time that was going on, all the local hotels in the region expecting a huge influx of visitation raised their prices. So it simply got more expensive to come stay in Anaheim. In addition to that, we raised our prices. <laughs> we brought our daily price up. So if you think of a local visitation, we brought the price of a one-day ticket up substantially from a year ago. And they're talking about people who live in the area who come to Disneyland. Um, they, they, it would be more for them to come. Don't worry about the, forget about the hotels. Um... And then we opened up Galaxy's Edge with one attraction instead of two. The second one is going to open in January. And all of those factors contributed to attendance that was below what we would have hoped it would be. That said, guest satisfaction, interest in the attraction for the land is extremely high. It's the most popular thing at the park. And so long term, they're hoping that it's going to do well. They're doing, uh, oh, I guess Galaxy's Edge is, is open up this month in August in Orlando. Right. And the second ride is coming there first. And yeah. it's, a, it's a ride, I don't remember what it's called. Um, but it's like a, I think it's based on the, um, it's based on the newer movies more so. Um, but yeah, that totally makes sense. And and I would not, even if I'd had the money to go this summer, I wouldn't have wanted to go, even though I said I was going to, I know I said that, but I, I would like, I would want to wait. And I'm like, as far as trips to Disney World or Disneyland are concerned, I've maybe, most families, most average families maybe do one, one per ever. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's what I did well, when I, I was a kid. Well, grade I, four. Now that being said, I do know I do know there are people who go there every single time. Um, we have a, a friend who is a massive Disney fan um, and Star Wars fan, and he goes every single vacation. He goes to Disneyland or Disney World, and that's his thing. And he's just had a baby boy, so he'll he'll be bringing his child there as well. But um, for for someone like myself, I cannot afford to go there every summer. It's very expensive, and so we've done it. We did it once. We did Disney World. In 2016, we're going to try and do Disneyland next year. But with that, we'll also do Universal and some of the other stuff in the California area. But, yeah, it's not something you can do. So you want to wait. I don't want to go right away. If they're going to be opening up more rides, I want to wait till those rides are open before I'm going to go. Yeah, right? I, th I think that's a lot of it. I mean, when I hear that it's uh, actually an enjoyable experience where you don't have to wait in line very long, that actually increases I mean, my life. I should go now. But yeah, that's right. Now might really be the time to go. It'd be sort of nice to see it uh, without all, uh, without it being overrun by people. And to me, that was one of the biggest reasons why I just looked at it and went, oh, God, no thank you. Like, I just pictured a whole day waiting in line, pushing and shoving, like, all, you know, all of the stuff that you normally. So do you think they rushed it, though? Do you think they were just too eager to get this thing open, that they rushed it open, and then. I think they Or would this have happened at any time? Um. I think they they opened the park when Star Wars was at a lull in general consciousness. And the consciousness of people and culture, they released it. Uh, I, I mean, we enjoyed Solo, but uh, in the minds of most people, that movie is a bomb, even though it did all right. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It's a pretty decent movie. It's yeah. certainly not the worst Star Wars movie. No, I really enjoy it. Um, in fact, it might be my favorite one of the modern era. You did but, say that, yeah. yes. And I still it. enjoy it. Yeah. I've seen it on the plane since, and yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but I think in the minds of most people, it came so fast after, and then there, after the contentious uh, Last Jedi, 
uh, that I think in people's minds, the Star Wars brand has taken um, a couple hits. And it's not the pristine brand that it it once was, even though the prequels did the same thing back in their day. People, how Uh, how soon we forget. Yes. Right? Like, it's just... They're beloved now, but at the time, uh, beloved, I should say, by people uh, generally of a certain generation, love those prequels. And uh, But at the time, everybody, I remember going to the last prequel, uh, well, the last prequel, the last in the, in the uh, prequel trilogy, the Sith. And, and, and actually enjoying it quite a bit. But I remember the people in the audience were kind of like, hmm, like that like they, you could see going in, there was, <laughs> there was a lack of excitement that had been there for other Star oh, Wars for movies. Sure. I mean, and we've, all, we've already said many times in this podcast that that is the best of those movies. Oh, it is. Um, it's, it's a decent movie as well. Um, but yeah, for the most part, people, the, the excitement wasn't there for the second and third films in those series at all. Oh no. It, so, it, so the, we're, we're seeing a similar waned. thing right now. So do yeah. you think that's going to affect the box office of the rise of Skywalker when it comes out in December? Well, that's the, like, I think there's a lot riding on this last film and I think it will matter. I think that if this next film doesn't do well. Now we're in trouble. Oh, then I don't know. I don't know what Star Wars well, is after but that. But can we can we um, can we not take a lesson from the prequels and say, you know what, Star Wars is is everlasting. Star Wars will ride. Uh, what's the word? Um, kind of ride the wave of, of discontent and and survive and come out in something else. I mean, they are launching Disney Plus with the uh, Mandalorian, which has huge uh, anticipation. People are really yeah. excited about the Mandalorian. But once again, that's right before Rise of Skywalker comes out, right? The Disney Plus. Isn't yeah, that, yes, uh, November. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are we giving too much, are we giving people too much Star Wars again? That uh, that uh, was going to compete with each other. I don't know. I haven't even been paying attention to that animated series that's been going Resistance. No, me neither. I haven't. I have not even looked at that in in a long time. Generally, an animated show is. I mean, more and more. The more animated shows we have, the more that becomes for kids. Unless, yeah, I think this one is definitely aimed at kids. Yeah. I, I mean, I like I said, I liked Rebels. I watched it all. I mm-hmm. thought it was a great show. I watch more of that than the other. Well, that's yeah, cool. but this one seems more geared towards kids, and maybe it's just the animation style that gets to me, or but I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's partially it. So I, I, I do think there's a lot riding on Rise of Skywalker. But I would also point out another couple things about the park. One of them is, I think they might have made a mistake to concentrate on on the thing that they built as opposed to the classic trilogy. What if Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was Tatooine? What if we just called it Tatooine? We the bar was not like whoever Joe Blow's pub. But was in fact the pub, the Mos Eisley Cantina. Right. What if? What if the characters you ran into were like Obi Wan Kenobi and like? Yeah, uh, but that's not great for branding for the new trilogy, right? They want people to well, be aware of the new trilogy. What's what's going to make the money now? It's all a business decision and yeah, a branding decision. But they they're not going to making as much money from those older films as they are for the newer films. But those are the ones people love. Oh, even for sure. kids. Yes, uh, I I agree. Even kids. So it so for good or bad. They made that decision, and um, and so I guess there's a Ray character there, and there's a Kylo Ren character there, and stormtroopers, and the new versions of stormtroopers and stuff. But might it have been more of a pull if it were set in a different era? I'm not even gonna say. Let's not even say the classic trilogy. Is it better in a different era like, than what they chose? We're not chose? seeing. You're not gonna go to Galaxy's Edge and see Greedo walking around, right? Because Greedo is a character uh, from the original trilogy. 
I would, I would see. That's what I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be kind of or a cool? uh, Bosk or uh, oh, see, know, I like it better those... already. <laughs> IG, IG88. IG88. Although or... he, he, I think he's going to be in the Mandalorian. Oh, is he? Okay. Oh, that, well, that, but that's, well, they're like IG91. There's their opportunity to bring some of these characters into the modern era by right. releasing this show that takes place again, takes place you know around the original trilogy, around this pear shaped thing we have here but um but it does include some of those old kind of bounty hunter characters who's the guy with the bandages Deng- dengar dengar yeah, our favorite right dengar got his groove back um so <laughs> that kind of stuff like I'm, I'm sure we'll see a lot of those types of characters in this show it's going to be about a bounty hunter who is going to turn out to be boba fett by the way yeah I don't think yeah anybody's... that's <laughs> a speculative spoiler that reveals something huge <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who else could it be? I mean, what, what, and it what? takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, come on. So, I mean, this is if, it, if Boba Fett isn't in this. Okay. Come so, on. So it, I will bet you. Let's go down that road for a second. hundred dollars okay. that Boba Fett is in it. I'll take your. I'll take that. And bet. in fact, he might even be the Mandalorian. That wouldn't well, surprise I me. I think at all. that would be obvious. But yeah. Um, okay, so let's go down that road for a second. So if they set this, so set after Return of the Jedi, which means Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Uh, which is something fans have been clamoring for for years. So is this too there much? Was, there was going to be a movie. That's there right. Was, yeah, there was yeah, going to be one. This could, Josh Trank was yes. going to direct that? Yes. This was it going to be a prequel, though? Was it going to be like Solo and take place before all that stuff? I don't think so. Okay. I think this was going to be the one where the fans got their wish. And so then that went away. And I can only think that they must have. For the Mandalorian, use that as the source material to build a show, as opposed oh, to. Oh, that's a, movie. a good. I didn't even think about that. That's it probably has to be. Yeah, they're not going to waste anything yeah. at Lucasfilm, right? They're going to take it. They have a solid idea for a script or a yeah. story. They're going to take that and they're going to use it for something else. Just like could, we're seeing the expanded universe kind of like coming in every once in a while. Yeah, and for then sure. Leaving again. Yeah, you know, they're bringing stuff in. Yeah. Um. So there you go. So we're going to get uh, um, Boba Fett and all his buddies. How, how do you think he got out of the Sarlacc pit? Did he just climb his way out? Uh, I think there. It's been the tale in in term has been told already in in expanded universe stuff. Did it not? Where he uh, he wriggled his way out, used his jetpack. <laughs> I can't remember. We what, saw how you know. Oh, we, and we saw his armor. His armor he, in yeah, the aftermath books, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. The, so I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, right. And that was going to tie into the Boba Fett movie, the aftermath. Yeah, book. that's right. So come on, you know. Okay. Oh, there was there was some. Mandalorian army, armor for sale. With some and it scarring had been, on it. Yes, it had been burned by the acid of the Sarlacc. Like, <laughs> what could this be? That's yeah. what, you know, Q1000 bloggers. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, okay. Q1000 clickbaits. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think we're going to get Boba Fett. But I also think, so, I don't know. So, th- that was that's something that's debatable. Is when What should Galaxy's Edge, what era should it be focused on? The other thing that appears by all accounts to be true is the upscale nature of that of that part of the park and the cost okay. associated with the like you build your own lightsaber and then you pay them $200 to keep your lightsaber, I believe. So 200 bucks if you ha- if you went there with your kids, would they all want a lightsaber? Yes, of course they and would. It, and it would be so that'd be six hundred. Jeez, bucks. man, Are you kidding me? I you don't... would drop six hundred dollars. I would not. Your kids there. Uh, the... Yeah, but but if like I don't know how it works. Like I've heard I've heard you know like you want the full experience when you go there. Yeah. So so I think some poor saps just bring their kids in. I think you have to book the lightsaber. 
so we tutorial. did so we did the similar thing we did when we were there was we did the um bibbidi boppity boutique for for my daughter who was who was younger at the time she what the been, hell is that based on it's on based on the uh the bibbidi boppity boo you know the song they sing uh during cinderella i believe it is when they turn her into a princess. Wow, I forgot that. Haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, that's that's. I'm sure that's Cinderella. I was about to guess Mary Poppins. It sounds like a Mary Poppins song, but I believe it's Cinderella. Oh yeah. So it is actually. Actually, I think yeah. My singing. I think I remember that. Okay. So it's the sequence. coming back. She turns the pumpkin into the carriage and all the rats into people. Anyway, so this is. I'm more familiar with the Jerry Lewis Cinderella, which came out. So I was thinking of the wrong one. That right. explains it. Sorry. So anyway, this place, you book it ahead of time, and you bring your daughter in there. Or, I mean, obviously, you could be a, a, a boy as well. It doesn't matter. But uh, And they basically make her, give her a princess makeover. So they do her hair. Um, oh. She We brought her. She, Shannon was seven at the time. And she was very much, she's not into princesses anymore. She's very much into she hair. She likes statues now. She likes statues <laughs> of, of football coaches. <laughs> Uh, see my Instagram for reference on that. <laughs> she likes statues. Uh, but yeah, so so she liked that stuff. So she, and she had a Disney princess dress that we bought her at some point. Um, so she, she put that on and she got her hair done and got made out and then they make made over and then they take some photos and everything. And that's a that's an extra service. It wasn't super expensive. It wasn't incredibly. It wasn't two hundred dollars, right? Um, I did buy them lightsabers at uh, Disney World at a Star Wars kind of merchandise store, and they were I think they were like thirty ish. To forty-ish dollars, I can't remember exactly American, yeah. which is maybe closer to fifty Canadian, but that's like still more reasonable. Mm-hmm. But they're not like sell; they're like replicas of the you know the standard. There's a Kylo Ren, a Luke green lightsaber, and I think the other one is the blue lightsaber. So mm-hmm. there's like three different ones, um, but they're just the ones with the solid kind of plastic rods. Like they're not the telescoping ones. They're just like you turn it on. But it's it is I think that's the one I wanted, like where you can still wave it around and the motion sensor makes the noise. You can hit it and it makes a sound like it's hitting another lightsaber. So those are pretty cool. You know, and I, that's as much as I would want to spend on that. Well <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I, you might you might be right in that they're 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 kind of alienating a portion of the audience who does not want to spend that kind of money. Well, and he, as he mentions, the price has gone up to get into the park, yep. to stay in Anaheim, to do all that stuff. Is You're now looking at thousands of dollars, plus $200 lightsaber, plus uh, the drinks at the bar Yeah, or expensive. even just the food at the bar. One thing we didn't do with those character dining experiences, which is $50 a plate, and that's where you sit down. That's I'm sure what exactly what that bar is. So you sit down. There's characters everywhere and blah blah blah. Um, but um, you know, one of the things I liked about Disney World is that it really felt that sure you pay the hundred dollars a day or whatever it is to get in, and of course you get a discount if you buy multi day passes. It's around a hundred bucks a day. But once you get in. It's not that expensive. Like I found the food to be if you there was a lower cost option for food, so that you didn't have to spend tons of money on food. The merchandise I felt was really reasonably priced. If you wanted to buy like a stuffed animal or something, it was twenty bucks, or you know, not too expensive for that stuff. So I thought that was kind of the the trade off you got for that. You pay the hundred dollar admission fee. All the rides are included in that. Yeah. So you just all you have to do is sit in line for five hours. You can get on Space Mountain. Um, so that's yeah. you know that was okay. I was okay with that. But if they're talking about raising the price of the stuff inside the park and raising the cost to get in that's going to make me think twice before going there well if and and i from by all accounts the star Wars, the in the gifts you buy at the gift shop and all that it's very upscale stuff yeah and I it's, and it's cool that. yeah it's cool and the stuff i've seen online looks like it does it looks pristine it looks like like the best merch 
in that that you've ever seen in the whole galaxy. Um, but uh, not everybody has that kind of money, and uh, for most people, it means buying one single thing. I would guess. Well, I a, think that, I would argue that goes against what Walt wanted for these parks. Perhaps I think he wanted this to be accessible to to everybody in America, right? That's why he built mm-hmm. Disney World on the East Coast because people he wanted people from you know the eastern part of the country to not have to drive across the country to go to Disneyland, right? Right. So he did Disney World. And again, it was very, very affordable at the beginning. Like it was not very expensive. When you went to Disney World, it was probably not a ton of money, well, right? We I, we flew to Florida, I remember, and um, I don't think it was. I, I still have photos of the experience, and it was like, like, hey, there's Donald Duck, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like you could walk easy. up and yeah. say hi and stuff. These days, yeah. you have to wait in line for to get a character right. spot to get a photo op. It costs you money for the photo. Everything like none, that. There was none of that. Yeah, it was so just like, so I think that they're yeah. you know in there in there, and I mean the the cynical fan would say it's Disney greed, but really mm-hmm. Disney is the one who started this whole thing, and he would have wanted it to be affordable for people to to experience the park. So I think right. they're getting away from that. I think that they maybe hopefully learned that lesson and they'll scale that back. I think so. I think there's one other thing that might be at work here, too, and that is I think right now in time, the biggest Star Wars fans are 50-year-old men. <laughs> don't you think so? Um, I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. Like, who is the? who are the tried and true, like— I think the the, the the most affluent Star Wars fans are 50-year-old right, men. You're the ones with the money. Who can afford the park. Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah. So my guess is— that if you go there, people who can go go there and afford the park, like I'm not hearing any young people saying to me, one day I'm going to go see Star Wars Land. All I'm hearing is guys my age going, I'm going to that park kind That's of right. thing because they can't because they can afford <laughs> and it. And my kids would be more excited to go to Disneyland as a whole than just right. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Right. Right. So yeah. I think the destination that they had in mind is something that – that older Star Wars fans, who, by the way, are mostly male. I'm not trying to leave, you know, I'm not trying to say that it's but it's just a reality that the, I think the original trilogy, as we've seen, was very white and very male. And so, as a result, guess who, guess who the Star Wars fans are later in life? The <laughs> folks who saw it when they were nine years old. I guess. Okay? So, I think, I think there's some of that, and I think one of the worst things for branding, and you see this sometimes, like when I go into the Levi's store, they look at me like, oh, Christ, this is bad for our brand. Seeing this oldie in here buying his jeans <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, there's you've been a buying Levi's for how many years, right? You, you have yeah. brand loyalty to but Levi's. But let's be honest. They, what they want is the young – they want young people in that store buying that stuff. I don't think that's going to happen. Mm. They want it. Levi's does not strike me as a brand that's uh, that's hip to the young crowd. By the way, I had a great moment at the Levi's store where I bought my Levi's – or I tried to. I was standing at the checkout, like, holding my pants – you know, like as you, you do. do when you're buying them. Yeah. And the girl is like sort of semi helping someone over the time. She looks at me and she's like, no, do you want to buy those? And I said to her, no, I always stand at checkouts holding pants that I don't wish to buy. I said to her <laughs> and and which, by the way, she laughed at. It was okay. funny. OK. I, I deliver. I try to deliver it in a humorous way. And I blame Mad Magazine's Al Jaffe snappy answers to stupid questions for making me do that. Well, that then that person has no idea what that is, but But so imagine, let's let's move my terrible scenario, my cautionary tale to Star Wars land. Okay. You want to buy those drinks? Nah, I'm just standing here for nothing. That kind of thing. It's going to be a bunch of 50-year-old men probably. I'm guessing a lot of the attendees or or 50-year-old men who make the decision on behalf of their children. 
and then bring right. everybody yes. there. Well, that's I mean so, that's partially my. I'm not fifty yet, but it's partially my goal. Well, in forty, taking forty some forties to fifties. Right. I'm um, is it, like is Star Wars land. <laughs> Dad land is it the is. question I'm asking. I, I, I bet you it is because I'm going there. <laughs> I want to go for me. Yeah. Now my kids are kind of excited about it, but Shannon, my daughter, is more excited about the Harry Potter world. Right. Right. She wants to go see that because she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Luke is probably more excited about the Marvel Marvel stuff, the superhero stuff, because he likes that. And Jack wants to go to VidCon to meet YouTubers. So that's our that's our plan for our trip next and, year. And that also speaks to the fractured nature of entertainment these yes. days. Absolutely. It's not like back in the day, if you would have opened this park in 1978, it would have been kid land. It would have just been like every kid would have made that pilgrimage. I would have begged to go there. The thinking would have been, though, that that's too specific for a theme park. They don't, I don't think they ever felt that, yeah, you could do that. Like Disney was always built. It would have been a ride. Yeah, exactly. Disney was built on the kind of staple of Disney characters. Every ride was themed after a different movie, basically. And then you can go and experience these movies in real life. That's what the original Disneyland was about. Uh, Quickly, I just want to talk about this. I want to ask you about your toy collection. But um, first, I have a quote here off this article that says, um, Disneyland has become something of a ghost town because of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. People have flocked to the new Star Wars land, leaving the rest of the park wide open. So guests have noticed decreased wait times on other parts of Disney since Galaxy's Edge opened up, which is kind of interesting. They say they've increased their capacity by 20% to Disneyland. So it's another additional 20% more space. So that means that there's – so they're not getting the increase of crowds. They're not getting 20% more people going, but those people are focusing more on the Star Wars part than other parts of the of the world, which is interesting. And there's a video here. I'll tweet this out, a video of a guy, like, just taking a video in, in the middle of, like, the regular town square of Disneyland, and there's nobody, which is insane. This time of year, it's like, there should it's like be – It's like back when I went in grade four. There should be – I was there in August of 2016, and it was packed. It was just packed. See, and so. that to me, like – when. I, what I remembered about Times Square the first time I went there in the '80s in New York was that there's nobody there, and it was kind of seedy. Oh and there man, was like, I would have. You went to. Oh yeah, there that would have been crazy. It was seedy. There was uh, there was like a Howard Johnson's kind of like a trashy Howard Johnson's in Times Square. Wow. And, and tons of ads, but it was not like you go there now and it's like Disney World. It is a theme and it's park. Packed. It absolutely, yep. You cannot get. You can't cross the street. It is just crowded, like just overrun. I've never with been people. in a more. Uh, uh, thicker sea of humanity than yeah. in, than in Times Square. Yeah, so that's something else like that like it's sort of the disnification of lots of other things. Right. So families have a choice Fa- like Times Square is now for families. Like so so people have a choice now. And that's that's part of the reason. Like back in the day there was no choice. If you wanted to do something with your kids, you took them to Disney World, didn't really matter what. You could go there. meet Disney characters in Times Square. Well, you can't. They're not licensed, but you can, meet, you, you can meet Elmo. I guess Elmo's not Disney, but. Did you see last week they had that? There was a, a, a motorcycle backfired in Times Square, and people were afraid it was a shooter. Okay. So it was like a bad, like, ser- like of course, because it was a terrible week in the news last week. Right. And so they show the footage of people scrambling in Times Square, and a freaking Pikachu runs by. <laughs> Pikachu, a person in a Pikachu outfit, I think holding the head, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Maybe remembering wrong. And you're like. This is a serious news story, and they're showing Pikachu running by. Oh, man. I know. I was like, is that intentional? <laughs> what are we supposed to think when you see Pikachu without a head running by? All right. Tell me about Have you got any new toys this uh, summer? No, I am. And in fact, what I would say is I always go look. I still go look, but it is desolate. There's oh. nothing. And in fact- Much in, like Disneyland. In most of these stores, there is zero. There's nothing. Toys R Us has a 
a fairly decent selection. So still. are we waiting think, for the new movie? Is that I what's happening? I think Toys R Us Canada is still getting the shipments that were going to go to the to the U.S. because we're still it still is if anything it's overstocked. But it's I, there's no there's nothing really new coming off the coming off the truck no. that I've so seen. We're, and we're gonna have a Force Friday, right? Yeah, that's yeah, coming up probably soon. in September. I think so. Okay. As usual, when yeah. was that? Is that it was it was in September? It was two months out from the um, a couple weeks into classes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple so months out from the release of the film when it yeah. was for uh, I guess it was for the Last Jedi. Um, and I I would still go on the on the whatever the Friday morning will be. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's do that for sure. What I'll is, do it too. Yeah. What has happened in Canada though? The last time they had a Force Friday, which was uh, Last Jedi. It must I have guess. been. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um. That. Or I don't think they they might not have called it that that time. No. I, I think the only time they actually called it that the was for one. the for the Force Awakens. Right. Okay. So for the for that one. Uh, I went to a, a Walmart like I did the first time. The first time I went there, it was just like, here's everything. It was perfect. The second time I went there, it was like, there's nothing. And then I asked, you know, I asked the clerk, is you got something back there? And they're like, oh, I guess we do. I guess we have some boxes. And it was kind of like you had to like strong arm them to get them to bring it out. So I'm not sure. I don't know if this is something that's just sort of diminished in excitement or if this is something that's going to rekindle. I bet you it comes back. I think D23 is going to be the launch of yeah. the next phase of marketing of Star Wars, and we're going to see it really ramp up in the next yeah. few months. Like, as it stands, I'm not that worried about us getting tickets to see the... Um, no, I'm not either. I will I'm, go I'm opening sh- night. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be a problem. Like, Force Awakens, yeah, the, it was like the crashing websites yep. and the... But just like like the, all the other trilogies, by the time you get to the last film in the tri- trilogy, the pressure is off. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Instantly, speaking of toys, it was an interesting tweet from Mark Hamill this week where he revealed the Star Wars figure he's always wanted. Yes. And it turned out to be of John Williams, which I think is brilliant. It was hilarious. It was like this mock-up packaging, like looks like a Kenner package with a picture of John Williams on it and then a little kind of a figure of a guy in a tuxedo like looking like John Williams. And I'm like, that is so fitting because he is as much of a star of Star Wars as anybody else. Give him a cameo in the film. Uh, and again, uh, um, and I, I know I mentioned this on Media Nerds, but maybe I don't didn't mention it here. I listened to uh, ins- uh, it was Inside Star Wars, Inside Star Wars, yeah, which was the podcast, and Blockbuster, which is another podcast that's more about Blockbuster is about George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and just kind of their dynamic in the '70s when they were both working on like George Lucas was working on Jaws, and then later Close Encounters, and and George Lucas, did I say Spielberg? I, I, Steven Spielberg was working on Jaws and later Close Encounters, and George Lucas was working on Star Wars. Anyway, throughout all of that and both those podcasts, John Williams is the common thread between those guys. And his music, and I watched Jaws recently. Um, I bought it. I finally bought it on Blu-ray for eight bucks at Walmart. What a deal. Uh, But uh, the music in Jaws is perfect. The music in Star Wars is perfect. And those films are not as good without that music. Oh, no. There's no way any other music in there, and those films are not as good. Absolutely So John not. Williams deserves to have his own figure for sure. And by the way, did you see, uh, speak, uh, this kind of ties in nicely to the news that this week his brother, John Williams' brother, Don Williams, says his brother has 135 minutes of music to write for the new, f- for the new film. And so everyone's like, oh, the running time's 135 minutes no. for The Rise of Spiker. And I think he just pulled that. Out of his I don't think that's that's not how that works at all. <laughs> like, they're not going to run the entire music underneath the movie. And they bring back the same themes over again. That seems like a lot for a movie. So right? it, said, it said he said that the Academy of Scoring Arts 
hosted a score study for John Williams' uh, classic Jurassic Park score. And Don Williams was on hand to discuss his sibling's legendary career. Okay. So he, so he, he dropped 135 minutes, and everybody went, that's how long it is. That's now, not I true. don't know. I think he might have just... I do fully. I'll t- I'll call it right now. This is going to be more than two hours. That's the trend Hollywood is going in these days, yeah. and I'm sure it will be. It shouldn't be, but it is. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes. But it'll be like two ish, two two hours, fifteen minutes, or something like that. I'll say. Yeah. Like that. Is that 135 minutes? Uh, yes. <laughs> there you go. So they're right. So you agree with Don? I do. I do agree with Don. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you on the ass. This is better work. Where did you dig up that old fossil? That's no moon. No, I am not.